Yeah, it's not recording yet. Live from the apocalypse, I am your humble host, Dano. All I need is the love of a great woman and Popeye's chicken. (laughs) My co-host, a very (laughs) fancy, famous man who runs the Bagel Bites Twitter account. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) It's great to have a celebrity here. Um, So we're talking, this is is a great week because there's event albums. Everybody talks about event albums, right? But we got to talk about it like an anthropologist would talk about it. Right, we got to talk about the genus of event albums and what kinds there are. And I think last week was a great example of the different kinds that you will find. Um, and I, I, I was, I was very interested with it. And my first impressions were not my last impressions of these albums. Right. I grew with it, and uh, they changed. So, tell, uh, so talk to me about the, what. Do, what do you think the different kinds of event albums are? So, so using the three the three albums that we did this week. Do you want to give them the names not, of the three albums? Buster Rhymes, Extinction Level Event, Deuce. Uh, Ariana Grande positions and Wizkid made in Lagos. All right, so like going off, like going off of the three albums that we reviewed this week, I think like I think they're each event albums, but in three distinctive ways. So yep. I'll start with the Busta, the Busta album. I think there's an event album where it's like the return of a legend. Interesting. Where it's whereas it's an event album where you haven't heard from that person in you know a couple of years, and so they come back out of the blue with something new for for their audience. And I believe like Busta hasn't released an album. I mean, it's been at least a decade since he's released an album. It's twenty twelve. Yeah, it's the a big, big bang, right? Year it was a year of the dragon is what it was called. I think it was a free release. Okay. Uh, through Google Play, maybe or something, but it was, uh, yeah, Year of the Dragon, twenty twelve, which. Okay. Yeah, I have a theory about that. I have a theory about that. I don't know. We, so I, I mean, even up. still, that's that's eight years ago. So he he's been kind of relatively quiet for eight years. This comes out in twenty twenty, so that's one example of event album. We'll go with Ariana Grande, the second example. Yep. And that is an event album where someone is at the top of their field and they release a project. Love it. So anytime you're at the top and you do something, people are going to be, people are going to tune in and people are going to be watching. And Ari's at the top. She releases a project that that's an event. Yeah. Uh, and then I think of the third. Now WizKid is interesting because His is an event album, and what the reason his, in my opinion, is an event album is not only because of what he brings to the table, but of all the collaborators that he has on the album. 
That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, so you would say that's like a collaborative group album success kind of thing? No, not not that, but it's like, it's the albums where you look at the track listing and there's so many big names on it that you have to hear how, how that's going to possibly work. Right. I mean, it is so, and to build on, on your categories here, then mm -hmm. to go back to Bus a Bus, uh, I think the bus, the this would be called, uh, I would call it the bomb. That would be my nickname for this kind of album. Okay. Right? You're dropping okay. a bomb. So you're, you're going to take as long as you need to take. You're going to, you know, put as much together as you need to put together. Um, and you're going to drop it and it's going to be too much to absorb at once. Right. Mm. Uh, the <laughs> shout out to Zilla Rock on Twitter. He called this the Irishman of rap albums. <laughs> that was good. Because um, <laughs> it's like 77 minutes long. Um, Got a lot to say, man. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> but it's so the model of ELE2 isn't that different from To Pimp a Butterfly. The results are different, but the model is the same of like, I'm going to take years to do this. I'm going to like, I'm going to put bullets in the chamber here and then I'm just going to, you know, it's going to be mine. Um, and that's a gamble, right? You, you can take years on it, drop it. And people are like, yeah, that's hot. That's cool. You know, and just keep moving. Right. I feel like schoolboys probably done that a few times. Um, but the second, so we're talking Ariana Grande. She doesn't have to do the bomb thing load up for years. Like that's not what she's, she just no. need to prove that stuff. She's a, uh, she's a company, right? Ariana Grande. Yeah. Like she's, she's people depend on her. She, she's dropping. Yeah. I mean, she's been if in pop standards the last three years, she's been very prolific. Yeah. I mean, we got we got an album this year, and it's not short. It's still no. fourteen songs. No, this isn't this isn't like four or five songs. This is this is a good amount of songs, and I mean, she's doing it. She did it this year. She dropped one last year. She dropped one the year before that. Yeah, that's hard uh, to do for a pop yeah. song. That is hard to do, right? Absolutely. Got, you've got a lot to plan out, right? You've got yep. like volcanoes and dancers in your video and shit. You've got all kinds <laughs> of weird shit to do. Uh, yeah, that an indie artist just isn't going to have to do, right? Like, no. And obviously, there's trade-offs. I'm not saying it's easier or harder. I'm just saying Beyonce takes like three years between albums. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, right. Uh, so the the third made in Lagos, to me, that is a that is that is a confidence event album, right? The, it's it's all about confidence because the cover is understated. Yes. The, the sonics are understated. The the mood is is relaxed, and you're basically saying, "I don't need to shake the world with a single the way you do." Right. I can do it this way, right? Uh, and it's it's like the the guy who wins over the girl with by just being normal and everybody's <laughs> like fuck fuck that guy 
you know um that's that what though that really can't work you know what i mean we've definitely seen people go the other direction the one that comes to mind is take care right um drake drake take yeah. care yeah he was he was coming off of on one which was like the biggest song right and it was everybody thought that was going to be like a on one like that was going to be and he came with like marvin's room and he came with like this weird kind of moody stuff right um and everybody was like all right i guess everybody was like stay with me, right stay with well, me. It's gonna yeah it's someone it's someone who's comfortable in their skin you know what i mean like Wizkid didn't drop this album uh he didn't really need to prove anything you know what i mean he just he just wanted to sound like he just wanted to make a really good album right that you know people people could dance to once once the clubs open up obviously it's an artisan but. it's an artisan approach of like i'm going to show you how this is done and i'm not going to bend or break to anything else mm -hmm. um, but yeah to get let's get right in to the bus of bus yeah extinction level event to there was really a, like a the thing about the bomb the thing about the the bomb as a category here okay. is that the bomb is very impressive when it drops, right? It's very impressive. It's a lot. It's it's a total re-engagement with the artist. It's a lot of fun because they've been away for a while making this, and there's been rumors that it's coming out. I remember uh, from a year ago, maybe two years ago, West Side Gun being like. Bus a bus got some shit. He this is gonna be crazy. Wait till his album drops. And I was like, man, if guns into it, like this is gonna be <laughs> um and I was waiting and waiting and waiting. Uh so it's been years, man. So yeah. it, you haven't had him in a while. It's good to have him back, right? That's really yeah. the first level. You're just like, fuck man, be busted rhymes is rhyming again, you know. Mm -hmm. but then you start to you start every time i listen to it the album you know lowered in my estimation mm -hmm. you started to see people be like fucking chris rock skits man stop it you know like yeah. you started to see people feel like some of these beats man i don't know you know like you started to see people really parse it yeah, I mean, there was just two over the bomb. Like, uh, by going by your description, bomb events can be they can they're they're designed to be overwhelming in a way. And this, you know, there it's like a shock and awe to to continue the, the metaphor. Like, it's yep. a shock and awe approach to album making. Like, hit you with so much that you're gonna just be in awe of it. Uh, and and that's fine. Like on the first listen, that's fine. But once the awe wears off, and you're left with what you what what is actually there, and you're able to just digest that, then things can become a little bit too overwhelming to the point that overwhelm overwhelming the overwhelming feeling becomes like confusion. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. I mean, what was the example of a song on? We, and there's there's 400 songs on this album, right? It's yes. uh, 20, 22 songs, 
they're probably all seven to ten minutes, and three of them are Chris Rock. Um, <laughs> or no, Minister Farrakhan. Um, but we what give me give me some give me a song that you thought was cool and then you heard it a few other times and you were like ah no man no it's not necessarily that i like i i listened to a song and then i thought it wasn't like i you know it's there's not a song that would did, what's the word i want to use that that I viewed like uh, upon the second listening, like went down in my eyes. It's just the whole experience in general, it's just lot. kind of, it's right, lot. right. The, like the first time you hear it, it's like, wow, this is really cool. Uh, and this is, I mean, like a lot of the samples, I loved a lot of the samples. So the, the first time you hear it, it's a surprise. But right. then, then once that one element of surprise is, is done with then you're like oh okay this is this is good i got i got the message and then it's like you can't really connect with it because it's so overwhelming that you're like all right i listened to it twice like I, i'm good i get the message and then and then you're done with it yeah it's it is overwhelming and it is i was thinking that there like there's 22 fucking songs there yeah. isn't that many great runs of songs right no in my eyes i'll just i'll leave but by the way i want to answer my own question the song <laughs> the song okay. that uh that i listened to and just like it depreciated vastly was you hey, with anderson i by the way and the first time i heard it i saw the music video mm -hmm. if you haven't seen the music video that's silly uh it's yeah. a silly silly thing and yeah. it's a silly silly song so when i heard it i was like that's silly but that's fun you know right and by the third time i heard it i was like i hate this this is like <clears throat> early 2000s past the cavassier buster <laughs> i want none of this this is what i wanted out of you know mm -hmm. um but yeah the best run of songs in my estimation Right? I'm going to go track 17 to track 21. So that gives me Deep Thought, where he discusses the death of uh, Chris Lighty, the violator right. as an important figure. And like he really starts to get personal stuff, right? Hmm. Then we get the Young God Speaks, the Michael Jackson snippet, that right. leads into the Kendrick Lamar. Uh, look over your shoulder. Great sample. Uh, I'm here for Michael Jackson samples. Uh, you will never find another me, which is one of if one of my favorite songs on here. Right? I think I think Mary performance on track twenty destroys Mariah's on sixteen. Hmm. No. And then you said. 20 so 17 to 21 and then freedom i get freedom i like freedom now this is interesting because i'm looking at the wikipedia entry like i'm looking at the album credits so deep thoughts was produced by buster rhymes the young god speaks was there's no production because yeah. it's just sample 
Number 19 was not, uh, Look Over Your Shoulder was Knots. Was it Knots? Yeah, I love Knots. You Will Never Find Another Me by Busta. And yep. then Freedom by Knots. Yep. Now, Knott. now yep. look at the stretch. Now, compare that stretch to, we'll go from 8 to 15. Uh, Don't Go With Q-Tip was, was produced by Focus the Arm. Then we have number nine, Boom, Boom. by DJ Scratch. Yeah. True Indeed by DJ Premier. Prim Primo. Yep, not a bad beat. Master Fard Muhammad by High Tech and Terrence Martin. Terrace yep. Martin. You. You. Uh, you by Anderson Pock. Right, of course. Oh No by Dreddy. Uh, the Dons and the Boss by Shife. And then Best I Can by Night's Wonder. And what I noticed about that stretch is each stretch, each song was produced by a different producer. And it's spotty. It's, and it's so spotty. But you're huge names, right? We're talking about Absolutely. huge names. Anderson Pack, Ninth Wonder, uh, Primo, like just huge high names. High tech, yeah. Yeah, high tech. Like, but we've got such spotty results. Honestly, shooting straight here, it, if you said, Dan, you get to take one song off this album. Okay. It never existed. It never existed, right? Okay. Said, I I wouldn't hesitate. I'd look the genie in the eye and say, the Don and the boss. Take it now, please. Take the Don and the boss. I don't know why this is here. I don't know why I need the Don and the boss. It's bad. Um, And the song after it is fantastic. Best I Can by Rhapsody. And Nice yes. Wonder. Because wonder. It, there's a real coherent like theme to it. It's it's about the kind of uh divorced co-parenting, you know, like yeah. the there's real human human anger there when he said, like, I've never hit a woman, but I should have hired one to slap you or something. Like um and, right. and, and Rhapsody is just a genius. Like Rhapsody comes into that and deconstructs everything everything like i mean okay, she, she's I'm just gonna, adding to her she's just adding to her resume man she's like, like okay you gave phenomenal. me the character of the x right so i'm gonna rap from the x perspective but then i'm gonna give you the whole psychology of where this comes from and why it comes from there and like, it's like right on like that Gosh, is, man. we so she's been around for long enough that i i think we we are taking her for granted uh, no, I think we are taking her for granted. Absolutely. Yeah. She's like, she's the best part of that song. Yeah. Um, you know, but, as I said, she's building, she's building her resume. Like, look at, look at the features that she's had over the past three, four years. Look at whose album she's been on. To be fair, she has home court advantage, right? Uh, the same way Rick Ross does on uh, Minister the... For Where I belong. Oh no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Minister uh, Fard Muhammad, Master, Master Fard Muhammad. Muhammad. Yeah, that's a Rick Ross beat. When that started, I was like, "Oh shit, Rick Ross is this." He's, he's got the golden air. We know that. We've always said that. He's got. So, he knows what he sounds good on. So yeah, it sounds more like a Ross song than a Busta song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of that, you know, Ross is going to sound comfortable on it. Same thing applies with Best I Can, right? Best right. I can is is her kind of texture. So ninth one. Know, yep. 
and that, I mean, that's the thing. Like when you take so long to work on an album, like I'm sure some of these songs he's done maybe four or five years ago. Like think about where you're at. Like if you're picking up, a, if you're doing like a couple songs every year, they, they can be wildly different from each year. At a, from year to year, it can be wildly different because you're at a different phase in your life. Right. So I'm sure some of these songs are pretty old. I'm sure maybe some of these songs were recorded this year. So that, that and, and I mean, we saw the same thing with Wayne and his, in my opinion, Wayne and his last Carter, the last Carter album. Uh, was it Carter 4? It's not 5, five right? Five, yeah. five, okay. Carter 5. It took him, it took him a couple of years to do that. And because of that, the, the production was kind of all, all over the place. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's that's it's hard when you're dropping the bomb because yep. if you there's other people that drop albums that are nine, ten tracks, lean and mean, edited, yep. crafted, themed, like and you can't beat that, right? Like they're because they're they're looking at that like what was the open mic eagles clean thirty four minutes. Yeah. You know, and people are like, this is the best. This is the best. We love this. Like, because he he lined everything up, you yeah. know? But um, then, I mean, if you're recording for so many years, you're going to fall in love with the songs you record. Hard. And you're going to be like, damn, yeah. like, yeah. I'm sure he, re he recorded some of these songs. Like, I mean, he's Strap Yourself Down is produced by Jay, Dill Jay Dilla and Pete Rock. Oh, he had a yes. Jay Dilla beat. He so, was, Busta was one of the people who really was with Jay Dilla. Right. So how do you got, how do you say got, no? Like, yeah. How do you have that song and be like, no, nah, I can't put this on an album, even though it doesn't fit. Like you can't. You just can't. You can't do that. Right. And it's hard. It's hard. The more material you have, the harder it is to make editing decisions. So first thing, it is very nostalgic, right? There's a. Mm -hmm. uh, the you know out of my mind the bell biv devoe mm -hmm. the, the slow flow old dirty bastard all these songs directly reference old songs right right uh, and some of them just feel like old songs uh where i belong when i put it on there were sometimes when i put on where i belong and go what day what day is it what year is it like is it, <laughs> I, I am i in high school this is so weird um but I don't hold any of that against him, right? To be honest, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's his skill set, right? That's you can't be mad at an older artist for being nostalgic. No, because that's you know you can't be nostalgic when you're young. You know you can't be right. like, remember when I was six? You know, like no, it's, right. <laughs> you're nostalgic when you've lived a hell of a life. He's lived right. a hell of a life you know, give him it, you know, and if, if that's what it is and it's nostalgic and it is a kind of victory lap for him and people who loved him when he was younger, good for them, right. yeah, right. you know, um, but so to evaluate it, if you had to shorten it, you know, what would you cut off? What would you take away? <sighs> And see, and that's the thing. I don't think there's necessarily any bad songs on it. I think 
maybe you cut it into two. Maybe you cut it into two parts. Part one, like part maybe, two. Yeah, maybe you release one part this month and then release a, another part next month or something like that. Uh, it just... 20, so 22 songs, and he actually released uh, this interesting thing. He actually, this week, released a reloaded bonus version of the album uh, that has a, a uh, Eminem feature on it, which pushes the reloaded bonus version is 26 songs. Right on. Uh, so for me, I just think you, you just... You you cut it in half. Do you, you honestly think you just release the first thirteen, and people will just, people will be into it? Like this is not that bad, right? You go yeah. You start with the intro, you end with whatever the the oh no, you know after you. Right. You maybe save the intro. Right. Right. I mean, because I mean the 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 production that he has on this. Is excellent. Like I don't think that there's there's not necessarily any bad songs on it, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, there's some I don't understand. Right. Uh, well, could that be? Now, let me ask you: Is it because it's a bad song, or is it because of the flow of the album, like the song before it and the no, song I mean, after it? Think, think about Busta. The trick of his career, and I've always said this: Busta's it. You know, there's that there's that uh, Jay Z breakdown. I think it's on the Black Album. For like, I never had a crazy flow like say Busta Rhymes, but right. if you bust down my lines and all this stuff, and this Jay positing it like, I had it hard. I didn't have the <laughs> killer flow that this dude has. But the thing is, it worked against Busta. Busta's flow was so memorable and yeah. so impactful. You see this with people with really next level, like flows. Nobody's listening to what they're saying. So, there, people are caught up in the show of it, right? There's some songs here that are just the show of his flow. That, yeah, and that and that was something that I struggled with with this album too. Like I would listen to it, and I would compare him to the, the the older Buster Rhymes. And I know that's not fair, but it's like you said, when you rely, it's like a basketball player or something or any athlete. When you rely on your physical talent so much, as you grow older, as you age, we can't help but compare. And we're starting to kind of see it with LeBron James. Like LeBron James this year would make a play or, or he would miss, you know, miss a dunk or miss like a block or something. And we always think, Damn, the old LeBron James would have got that. The LeBron James of five, six years ago would have right. dunked that or would have blocked that shot. And I couldn't help feeling that way about Busta. Uh, like some I people, heard, some yeah. people felt the opposite. Some people were online saying, how is his voice still like this, right? How does he still have this capability? Because my favorite song on this is, is Out of My Mind, right? Because... The, the drums are going crazy and his flow is out of this world and it's just fun. It's super fun, right? Um, but, I, I mean, is there anything that that I'm going to hold on to that I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like, is it, right. 
it was fun listening to this album. But yeah, I mean, I I, I, I think you know. Yeah, I mean, I would say okay, maybe so maybe like yeah, he still has a flow, but his voice to me, his voice sounds different. Like you can tell that. I mean, he he's an older gentleman. Sure. Yeah. Like he he's aged. Like I can hear the age in his voice, mm-hmm. and I couldn't help but compare that to like the the Buster Rhymes, uh, you know, give me some more like that that mid to late '90s Buster Rhymes. It was, it was jarring for me. Like I don't I don't think like he's lost his skill or anything. It's just very jarring to hear how his voice has has changed. Maybe it's like an existential type of thing, you know. But now, but. To be, I mean, to be completely clear, mm-hmm. this is better than most Eminem albums. I would say pretty much all all Eminem albums, yeah. So, great assault, right? I mean, there's a lot of people getting older in rap doing it worse than Buster Rhymes is doing it. Um, this guy was rapping in the '80s professionally with leaders of the new school, right? Like, and it's, this guy's still uh, fairly vibrant here, right? Absolutely. So it's like, it is, it is like watching an old fighter, mm-hmm. but like watching an old fighter, like knock out a young fighter and be like, <laughs> shit, you know, I guess, I guess he's got some in him, you know, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's, uh Yeah. It's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a good deal. I think it's good. I think there's. I think the. I would definitely take out. Let me see. Here. I'm taking out Don and the Boss. Gone. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm probably taking out Satanic. I don't know what what is accomplished with Satanic. I think it's a bit silly. Uh, Either slow flow or don't go has to go. One of the two. I'm going with slow flow. Okay. Because that's an old, dirty verse. That's not new shit. Um, and I don't. I don't think the purge is very good. Yeah. And I think so. I think if you if you busted it down to like sixty, this thing rocks. Sixteen. Sixty minutes. Oh, 60 minutes. Okay. You take 17 minutes off it. I think you're in pretty good shape. Well, let me, so let me ask you, like, what do you think Buster's intentions with this album were? Like, and, and I, you know, for me, I think it's, cause that's kind of what it, t- like, if he's looking to make a cohesive album, doing what you said would, would be, would be recommended. But what do you think his intention was for the album? The theme of the album is kind of the end days and like everything coming to a close, but he doesn't do a lot of work on that. Mm. Um, I think the real theme of the album is don't forget I'm dope. Right. Right? Okay. Don't forget I'm good at this. Like, don't like, let me show you a thousand different ways I'm good at this. Right. Like a mixtape. Yeah. People forgot. What was Yeah. What was that song he did with Janet back in the day? You remember that shit? And like that is that is the muscle he flexes on that Mariah Carey song, right? Where he's just like, 
you guys forgot I could do this, man. Like I can make pop hits. Yeah. I can make, you know, grind right. shit. I can knock heads. I can, you know, I can go like soft soul stuff. I can do whatever. Like, right. It was him being like, I am the Swiss Army knife for this shit. I can fit anywhere. Mm. And he deserves to hold on to that title, right? Of like, I don't think he's the best to ever do it. Uh, but I don't care about that shit. Like, no. he, 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 but he is uh, the perfect fucking rotation player. And he may not be the best to ever do it, but what he can say is that he had a distinct style that wasn't that wasn't very uh imitatable so that is something for me that may that may be even more important than the quote-unquote best ever title whatever but right right and if if you like his style or if you don't like his style you gotta ask yourself how you feel about Nicki Minaj because Mm. Nicki Minaj got a lot of her flow from him yeah, that's all. And, and like I said, they—that is not a knock on her. Um, it's not biting someone's flow if you are combining influences, right? Because then you're creating something new. So right. she took like Missy, Kim, and Bus, and yep. put it all together. Yeah, and that's a new thing, right? So absolutely not a knock on her, but you wouldn't have Nikki without Boss. That's that's all. Right. Um, he made, go ahead. We were able to understand Nikki because of experience in Busta. And she probably took a lot of what he did and improved on it at points or absolutely. Built, you know. But that's that's just the way it is. So yeah. let's go to your best friend. <laughs> Ariana Grande. Yeah, man. You've been waving the flag for Grande for a while. Uh, Absolutely. This is the best thing I've heard from her, and it's not the best thing other people have heard from her. Right? That's that's the narrative I'm getting. It has a lower score on Pitchfork than like the last two albums that she put out. Right? Right. Uh, I think Sweetener got an eight. I think you know whatever. So. Right. Um, this one got like a 7.4. They were like, it's good. Right. You know? Yeah. And to me, it's significantly better than either of those two albums. So th- you think this is better than Thank You Next? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you better than Sweetener? Yeah. Okay. I, now, why, why, do you, why do you feel that way? So, and, and this was something me and my buddy talked about when <laughs> Thank You Next came out, right? Okay. That the problem with Grande okay. is that her songs are too on the nose and they are their Facebook posts, their Tumblr posts, they are <laughs> like, you know, beefs of her life with people in her life or whatever. If you don't know what's going on in her life, you don't you don't know what's going on and, and right. you honestly don't care. It's that the songs may have themes, but they really kind of beat you over the head with the themes. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. Uh, classic 
soul music, classic pop soul, uh, is transportable in a way beyond that, right? Songs that that ring out and deliver for uh, for decades. That's a fair point. Because I, I think of, I was going to say, like, the example I think of, like, I think of a song like, you've heard Don't Smoke in Bed by Nina Simone, right? Yep, yep. Now, that's from... From what I, from what I've heard, that's an actual story, like that. That she actually left when she left her husband. She left a note saying, "Don't smoke in bed." So that's like an autobiographical story. But you don't need you don't need the backstory of that to really appreciate the song. Now I, I, I could see. I think your 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 point is valid. Like to fully appreciate, like we'll say thank you next or whatever. Mm-hmm. To appreciate a thank you next, you kind of have to know, you know, the backstory of of her relationships with Pete, uh, Big Sean and uh, Matt. Matt. Yep, yep. And her, even the backstory of her, of her father, like her relationship with her father as well. Like they don't, those songs work in a bubble, but they don't work as efficient effectively in a bubble and they work for a pop star right because like right. people are like she's so brave she got over this that and the third if you're an independent artist no one gives a shit what you got over they don't know your life like that so they, they're not like man how brave was it of you know white boy mike to have gotten over the death of his cousin you're like who's white boy mike you know what, what are you talking about so it's it's different and so she's been able to take these events and make it work pete davidson said this he said she's a genius and she i knew that when we broke up she was gonna take it and just you know make it sick you know and that's exactly what she does with everything uh, but that was the knock on her, right? Go ahead. But I, w- I would say, I feel like that's how pop has evolved now. Like you look at, you look, like you have to, because because of the way that pop has evolved and maybe even music, what the, mu- the, the music that the celebrity or artist produces goes hand in hand with the narrative of their life that's been created by the media or by their PR team. Like, look at Taylor Swift. You could, you could make the same exact example of Taylor Swift as well. And I will. Yes, absolutely. Right? <laughs> yeah, that is, that is, Taylor Swift is absolutely doing the same thing. Um, and yeah, but it's, uh, it's not how it has to be done. Mm. Uh, and it's not how everybody's doing it, but um, because there's different, there's ways to do it that are less exploitative, that are that are more developed, and all that. Anyway, one of my favorite, okay. one of my favorite stories about the kind of resonance that pop can have. Okay, going to the club in Texas, right, with with two of my close friends, both black gentlemen, right. They've got specially, 
I mean, they they have ironed their clothes. This is Texas, you know. Absolutely. And they've ironed their do rags. I mean, this is this is serious. We're going to the club. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. We we go in the vehicle. We get in the vehicle, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, this is my shit!" And they 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 turn up Paula Abdul's "The Way That You Love Me." <laughs> And I am, I grew up in this kind of backpack, hater shit. I grew up with <laughs> like, man, and so I was grouchy from the back seat. Like, man, what is this bullshit <laughs> you guys are listening to? And they were like, fuck you, have some fun. So they just started <laughs> loudly singing. These two black men just started loudly singing the way that you love me with hand motions. And it it was... <laughs> one of the one of the great musical experiences that I had, um, and it taught me a lot, right? That like the the way that you love me is is a superb song because it it means things to everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Like um, people say, "Ain't no sunshine while she's gone" might be about a dog. <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? It's like that loss is something you can feel. Right. Right. And she, I think she hews closer to that on positions. Hmm. Positions is like, I really did think this is like, this is, this is a new Paula Abdul, right? Like hmm. uh, hair is beautiful. Like, it's Love a hair. Beautiful song. Um, it's, she has a great voice, right? Yes. One of the things my wife always talks about with people who have a great voice is do they pay it off at the right time in the song, right? If you've got the right voice and you can soar up, right, in that note, right? are you doing it at the right time, right? And <laughs> if you are, are you soaring halfway up and then just like crack cresting? Right. There's, <laughs> there's got to be thought in the way that you use the voice. Like there's got to be... Uh, like there were some singers like I'll go with Christina Aguilera back at her peak like she would go on these vocal runs just to show that she could do it it became too much right yes yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you and and she was like obsessed with perfection so she was always kind of re-recording and re-recording mm -hmm. um, and it ended up sounding kind of lifeless man right you know so you can't it can't be perfect right that's not what we want but like it yeah she so she soars at the right time she crests at the right time the moods are different uh there's you know there's jokes you know yeah uh with the 34 plus 35 <laughs> <laughs> you know the the sex songs are cheeky. Yeah. Uh, but she has a big, sloppy, fun ballad with The Weeknd. Off the table. Off yeah. the table. Uh, you know. Safety Net. She's got Safety Net with Ty Dolla Sign. Yep. I mean, Ty, shout out to Ty Dolla. He's had a heck of a month, man. Heck of a or month. he had a heck of a month. Um, Love Language. A huge yep. fan of Love Language. Um. Yeah, obvious. I, I mean, 
<clears throat> and by the way, it is saying this is my favorite Ariana Grande album. It's still not my favorite album of the year. It's still not something that I'm like, you know, nuts for. <clears throat> the, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'll say what I'll say is I think it's not it's not my favorite album, but some of these songs I'll, I'm sure that a year from now or something I'll like the, I'll put it on my iPod and, and I'll and I'll listen to it in the car. Like your friends when they were going to club and they heard that Paula Abdul song and they had to turn it up. There are a lot of songs on this album that I'll hear that I know will age well with me. Like I'll hear them a year from now and I'll still turn them up because it's it's fun. By the way, this is another rule of the pop star album, right? We mm -hmm. talked about the bomb and then how the bomb impresses at first and then the aftertaste can change. Well, with the pop star album, you don't need to worry about that. <clears throat> All the pop star album needs is joints. Yeah. If that album's got joints, that's a classic. <laughs> what? Why is four a classic? Do, 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 do. Bring the beat in. Do, do. I mean, come yeah. on. Come on. You, you just need one or two songs for a pop album. You just need one or two songs. Like, look at, we'll look at Thank You Next. Right. Of the whole, of the whole album, there's really only, the, I mean, the two biggest hits were Thank You Next and then Seven Rings. Right. You know, you could still put those songs on right now, and I and I bought my head to it. You know what I mean? Like, as long as you're, if you're a pop star, as long as your album has two, two are good, you know, two or three bops, it's it's and, a success. But the rule of those bops are, mm -hmm. um, they got to be yours. Now here, uh, the best I think the best example of this is okay. Uh, you got to watch the unedited interview on YouTube, Jesus uh, and Mero interviewing Chris Rock. Very good stuff. Oh wow, that that happened this week, right? Or like relatively yeah. recent? This week. Okay. And so they they Mero asks him, and he says, "Hey, like of all the stuff you've done, like we are directing, writing, and and acting, and what what is like the what has been the most rewarding for you?" And he said. Stand-up comedy is still the one that's hardest for other people to do. And they're like, what do you mean? Well, he said, Fargo coming out, it's fire. Everybody should watch it. But Don Cheadle could have done that. Yeah. Don's good. Don could have done that. Um, but nobody can do what he does on that stage, right? Right. You get Chris Rock from Chris Rock. So those three bops you give me, they're your bops, right? Mm. I can't get hair uh, from Lady Gaga. It's, oh, wow. You know what I mean? Right. It's a very good point. So they got, all, they got to be your bops. If they're not the longevity is in question, right? Because how, what are you going to do next time? Um, that's a great point. And I think that's kind of what little Nas X has to think about it. And all these other people have to think about is like, what, you know, what is my song that I can give you? Right. Um, 
Right. We'll, we'll see. The uh, so love hair, but it is not my favorite song on any of these albums. Mm. Not at all, sir. My favorite song is on Made in Lagos. My yeah. Weekend. It's Mighty Wine. Yes. Hmm. He is... I love this album, man. I'm telling you. 14, this was... Of, of the three, this was my favorite favorite we're, album. We're, we're in line here. And it wasn't like that at first, man. Like, I was like... Right. It wasn't like that at first. It, I was very impressed with Busta. I was very into it. Uh, I was very, like, fascinated by the Ariana Grande. Um, yeah. What did you think of, of Wizkid when you first heard the album? The first reaction? For me, it just it just sounded like, first of all, it was the most cohesive, of the three, it was the most cohesive. So, like, I could put it on, I think I was, like, working or something when I put it on. So I put it on and I just, and I was just going with the flow. Right. You're grooving and working. You're just like, eh, yeah, like I didn't, there was nothing that came out about, there was nothing that came from the left or the right that I had to be like, whoa, whoa what's that? And then it was just like, it was just like I was flowing down a river and I was just letting the current take me. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have to skip any songs. All of like the, the sequencing was, was well thought out as well. So there was nothing like really shaking me up or shaking up the, the journey. It's it's such a weird album. And my first thought was, holy shit, man, these horns and the yeah. laid back nature of the songs, this is easy listening. That's what yeah. I was like, this is yacht rock. This is Africa. <laughs> the new yacht rock. Yeah. Yacht rock. It is like <laughs> It is. Yeah, rock. This is fucking weird, right? Like this dude, is like in a full khaki suit, holding his face on the cover, just chilling. Like, what is this? Like, but this is the Godfather of this shit, right? Wizkid, when he dropped like Sounds from the Other Side in 2017, mm -hmm. that was what started this kind of Afro pop eruption. Yeah, I, I don't want to call it Afro beat. I, I, I don't like that yeah. um they call it on on wiki they call it afro pop afro swing afro fusion high life which i kind of like r&b and reggae but high life is a specific that's uh, like nigerian high life that's a specific sound in nigeria oh i've never heard so that that's it is, it is it, yeah it's a specific thing my problem with afro beat is it came from the uk right okay um, I'm a little wary of the UK telling us what African music it's called. <laughs> that seems fishy. Fair point. <laughs> Fair um, point. <laughs> so, Afrobot, um, which is Wizkid is a different beast, right? Burn a boy. If you listen yep. to, I mean, he's on Ginger. He's on this album. Yeah. Uh, I think there have been attempts to concoct a beef between them but it's not real um those guys are fine with each other never said any bad things about each other um yeah. burn a boy it was i remember an interview rap radar interview he was like 
one of his key influences is DMX. Like he loves to rap, mm-hmm. uh, and he loves to. There's always going to be a Burna Boy song about <laughs> about shooting people or about going to jail or about like some hardcore shit because he loves that shit. He loves that, and he loves the kind of grooves he can get himself into. You know, right. there's a mix there. Wizkid is 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 pure, dude. He is pure. This is this is pure. Like yeah. to me, um, I don't know. It, this is gonna sound really mean. I'm gonna say it anyway. Okay. Wizkid is what Drake would be if he had guts. Oh, that's not mean at all. No. So Drake is the is the popular kid, right? Right. The popular kid maintains popularity by siphoning off what everyone knows around him, right? He's friends with a lot of people. He takes in what they say. He repeats it in his own words, right? Right. So his currency becomes the fact that he kind of knows a little bit of it all, right? Like, right. hey, I can tell you what's happening. Jack of all trades, master of none. I can tell you the hottest Alaskan rapper. You know, like, he's... He's, you know, we've got his, oh, got all the doors open. Right. So when he's like, we, you can't fault him because if you're like, Drake, you're ripping off Wizkid on this song. He's like, hey, Wizkid's my home. I love that dude. <laughs> he's cool with it. Right, Wizkid? You know? And, well, and that's fine. But Wizkid is is dedicated right this album doesn't switch in 70 directions to no. all the demos it has a statement it has a purpose it follows its purpose all the way through all yeah. the way. and and i loved it I, another aspect that i loved about it was that <laughs> as you mentioned the focus so he's got a lot of guest features on here uh so track two has burn a boy Track three has Skepta. Uh, track five, Damian Marley. Track six, Her. Track seven, Ella May. Yep. So, uh, two, four, two, four, five. So out of the first seven songs, five of them have pretty big name. Yeah. Big name features. And what I could say is none of them take over a song. No. They all fit into uh, that... Wizkid uh, aesthetic, right? And they they fit and they mold their talent to that. He doesn't have to adapt the song to have them on on, like he doesn't have to adapt the song to fit their talent. They adapt their talent to fit the song. And I I, I guess when people are like, how many guests? Two guests. I think I think the answer that I've come to that I'm at this stage in my life is it doesn't matter. How many mm-hmm. guests you have? Right. All you have to do is make sure that when I go to list the best songs on the album, mm-hmm. some of them are just you. Okay. Yeah. That's a right? mighty wine. It's just him. Right. Gyrate is just him. Yeah. Grace sweet just is, him. Sweet one is just him. You know, Reckless is just him. Like, 
these are great songs. Uh, great songs. And so, and I love the, is it No Smile? Is that what it's called? With, uh, with her? Smile. Her is, on, her is on such a run, dude. Oh, my God. Love her. Uh, but, yeah. This, this was actually one of the best things I've heard. One of the best features I've heard her on as well. But that's what we said about the Janae shit, dude. Mm-hmm. And then she slayed yep. it on <laughs> SNL. Okay. <laughs> yeah, good point. She slayed it on SNL. She put out this new song called Damage Control. Yeah. Oh, have you seen the video? I mean, anyway. She's, she's lovely. Anyway, so the, the thing... She she destroys it. LMA destroys it, like, and they all make the song better together. Yes. Right? Like there's just there's no there's no killing anybody on any track, right? Everybody's yeah. vibing. Um, it's even songs like uh, Roma and oh Essence. I love Essence. Which, I love Essence was my favorite on here. Yeah. Essence is beautiful, and it that doesn't feel like oh that's Thames. Thames killing that, right? Thames no. took that away. Like, yeah. This is, it still feels like his song, right? It's just, it, so it's about maintaining control of the vehicle, you know? Right. It's your vehicle, maintain control of it. Don't let other people hijack it. Um, but okay. if have as many people in your vehicle as you can fit, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. So he was, I'm, well, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, what was, what was I going to say? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think like you, to, to kind of piggyback on what you said, yeah, I think he does a great job of controlling the vehicle. You know what I mean? Like a lot of, a lot of artists, what they'll do is they'll, they'll, they'll put an artist on their albums so that they can use their name. You know what I mean? Like, Wizkid, I mean, he is—he's not too well known in in America, right? So it could be you could you could argue like what another artist would do was get as many get as many features as he can, so that you know when people who are not familiar with Wizkid, when they're scrolling through it on their Spotify, when they're scrolling through the album on Spotify or Apple, they have those easily recognizable names. Like, oh, I mean. If he, he probably could have put had a Drake feature on here if he wanted. If he really wanted, he could have had Drake. Oh on yeah, here. easy, easy. He did on the 2017 album. He did right. But you know now he's gotten to a point where he doesn't have to do that, and so he doesn't have to use their name for recognition. He created an album where he was able to use the talent to make better songs as opposed to just using the name. Yeah. No, he's and. So yeah, he's Drake is the popular kid. Wiz kid is the cool kid, right? Oh, good way. Yeah. The cool kid does what the fuck he wants and somehow yeah. always gets away with it. Yeah. You know, um, it's that confidence. We always come back to that word confidence. The like Wiz kid is confident enough to be like, yeah, I'm not making bangers. You know, it's going to sound fine the first time but you won't get away from it. It'll, it'll come back. It'll come back to you. And you'll be grooving with it. You know, it, it's, it's that difference kind of, and, you know, call, call me if you think it's a little bit out of line. It's that difference between Michael and Prince. 
Michael Jackson. Michael is going to create music that's going to the people. Like, as in, he's going to create music that's accessible to people. Like, Billie Jean, Thriller, he's creating with that with, uh, the people are going to eat this up. You know, I mean, this is for the people. He's creating them with, he's creating music with them in mind. Prince is creating music where he knows that if he does something dope, the people are going to come to him. You know what I mean? Like, they may not, like, the first time they hear it, they may not understand it, but eventually these people will, the people will get this song and they'll, they'll grow to love it. Right. So Prince. it's a push and pull kind of per, uh, perception regarding making an album. Prince was like, this is my sound. And if yep. it changes, it's because I change it. Yeah. I'm the one who changed it to New Age, from New Age to, you know, Purple Rain kind of country soul-ish stuff. I'm the one who changed it again, right? Right. Uh, and, and, and flipped it and kept flipping it. Uh, I'm making the choice. The last two albums Prince did uh, were with this, like, girl rock band. And it, they were just very muscular, guitar-driven albums, dude. Mm-hmm. Just rock and rock. Like, uh, they're really fun, you know? But it was different. It was different, but it still felt very Prince. Like, right. he, was, he was always kind of mapping his direction. And this is Wizkid's direction. And, and he's where he wants to be. And it, and it feels good. It's, it, you get reassured. Right. And and to be able to have that, like, Prince, and, you know, to kind of tie, I think, like, the we're looking at, you, I mean, you can make an argument that the modern-day Prince and Michael would probably, Prince and Michael dynamic would probably be Drake and Kendrick Lamar in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, before <laughs> that, it would be nice, but But I think it's more prevalent now Kendrick and Drake. I think Kendrick and Wiz, and guys like Kendrick and Wiz, they're so confident in their sound and you know the infrastructure that they have around them. They know that whatever they make is going to be people are going to want it. So they're not like they're not tailoring their sound to try to grow their audience. Like like you look at a Drake. Drake is when he creates a song, he's thinking about, okay, you know, I'll release a song, they're gonna make a dance to this shit. Or, you know, I'll put this song, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll put this part in the song so that, you know, when people are in the club, they're gonna raise their hands up and say, she said, do you love me? I tell her I, I only love my bed and my mom, I'm right, sorry. Right, you know right. I mean? they, have, they put those tricks in their songs because they know that that's what their audience wants. Right. And guy like, like, a, a guy like Wiz, he doesn't have to do that. It's like it's like that confidence. He has that confidence, like you said. Yep. No, it's it's, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. And I think the I got into the the whole thing late. I went Burna Boy first, then I went back did the research and, and heard Wiz loved Wizkid, um, mm-hmm. loved both of them. But the first time I heard Afropop, I said, "Ooh, this is getting ripped off." <laughs> everybody's going to take this sound in a year because it's good and it's different, right? Like Mm -hmm. 
it's relentless melody. You know, there's just yeah. always melody with you. Um, and it's, it's, it's light, but in a bossa nova kind of way. Yeah. Where it's, I, it's, it's always dancing. It's always, it's always dancing. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a level of musicality that we're kind of, I, in my opinion, like people, people are always going to appreciate live music and music, the music coming from musical instrument over music coming from, you know, sequencing on a computer or a beat machine or whatever. Right. And I think that that musicality really allows, you know, like you said, with the horns uh, on this album, that really allows and really connects with people, the musicality, because we don't, we don't hear that today too often in today's music. <clears throat> yep. And uh, shout out to PS, P2J, who did a lot of the production. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to Damian Marley, we didn't mention, did an excellent job on Blast. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's got some real high points, man, but it's, you're going to hear that, that sound that groove worked in to other people's shit. Absolutely. And, and when you do, you need to make sure that you hold this album with you. Because this is the pure uncut. Right? <laughs> this is not like the, I'm going to do this for like 30 seconds then I'm going to go into the hard rap. It's like, no, this is like when you stick to that groove all the way. Yeah. Made in Lagos is is that's gonna be an album that you reckon with for a while. Yeah. Uh, it's it's is the weirdly enough the best of the three. Uh, Agreed. And while never trying to be, yeah. like didn't even seem concerned about where it fit in the marketplace at all. Just no. like. I mean, I think you know. The reason it's the best is one, the factors I think of as to go back to the musicality is one, you know, the confidence. Uh, I mean, it's, it's 50, the, the whole thing is 52 minutes. So under an hour. And it's just, and I, and I edge it over Ariana positions because as I said, like you can just put it on and you just you can just go with it. Like there's not any songs I would skip. There's not any track sequencing that is kind of jarring, as opposed to like the Ariana Grande. Like she starts out with a couple of, you know, high energy, tongue-in-cheek kind of things. And then for me, like, and this may be where we differ. Like, I didn't like the song with the weekend or the song with Ty Dollar. Um, it could I, I like the weekend one. The Ty Dollar, I was fine. It, it could have just been because of the sequencing. Like I just felt like it was kind of jarring. It it just it's just it was it just stood out of place to me. It was like a thumb out of place. Is that the saying? I don't know. Whatever. Thumb out of place. I love it. My thumb's out of place. Where is it? My own? yeah. I, something so, with it. I couldn't but, put my thumb on what made it out of place. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It just okay. fell out of place to me, and I think it's because it, it deals with the sequencing, as opposed. Yeah. yeah. You know, as opposed to the thing, man. I think the advantage of Made in Lagos, let me let me think about the sequencing this way, right? Okay. 
I think when you, you start with Mighty Wine, track four, right? You go from Mighty Wine to Blessed with Damian Marley, mm -hmm. Smile with Her, Peace mm -hmm. of Me with Ella May, right? It's, it's a gorgeous middle, right? The middle is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And, but on either end, you've got really crazy stuff right like on the upper end before that song you've got ginger with burna boy which is mm -hmm. killer and on the lower end right we talked about near the end you've got essence and roma yeah right so there's this real balance in that 52 minutes with like the middle you're going to hit that stride there's really nothing yeah. like that four five six but then right. two and 10 are, are, are incredible too. So you're, it, it really holds your attention in all the right spots. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because listen to the, I mean, listen to the order of appearances. So Burna Boy, Skepta, Damian Marley, Transitions, who worked with her on a, on a single yep. at the beginning of this year, Transitions to Ella May. So it's, it's like you said, there, there was clear thought into the order that they were, those, those features were put in to kind of, like, you, I, I never even noticed this before, like start from the very high, uh, you know, aggressive Burna Boy to Skepta, we en and end up with, you know, LMA, Thames, and Terry. You know, well, so that's, I mean, that's a very good point. I didn't even recognize was being done. Right. No, it's, it's, um, yeah, I, I just think, and I don't want to come off as negative in terms of crapping on Drake or, or any of that stuff. Uh, I just, it, it, when, when someone's as talented as Wizkid and has the potential to be like not as well known as he should be here, mm -hmm. that's a real bummer. Like, we, we've listened to some stuff that is in the singer-songwriter category from, like, the 70s. Mm -hmm. uh, Caetano Velasco, right, is one of those. And you're when you find one of those weirdos, one of those 70s singer-songwriter guys, it's mm -hmm. like discovering an alien planet, right? Because right. you're like, there's nobody writing music like this. Like, this is insane. Um, but no one knows about this cat but you. You know, right. um, and it's I, I don't want Wizkid to be like that. I, the world would be better if Wizkid was like a a bigger, crazier star. Because but, he's I mean, genuinely innovative. He's genuinely in charge of his stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm guessing he's bigger in other. In other parts outside of America. Definitely. He charts all over the world. Uh, I, I think it'd be better for us to to own this, right? Like, as an American audience, right? To stop taking additives from African music the way we have for 40, 50 years, 60 years, and start actually acknowledging the African musicians that make it. Agreed. But, but then again, Americans... From what from my travels around the globe, uh, 
what I've determined is Americans probably have the worst taste in music. One of, for what we should be to what we are, from, to, from what we should be to what we actually are, we probably have the worst taste in music. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's fair. When you, if you look up, you know, all the artists who went diamond, it's, it's, it's an ugly list. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it's an incredible thing. And I, and I love these guys and uh, support this movement, man. I have a, I have a burn boy bandana in the mail coming. <laughs> Where did you where do you order it? You order off his site? Yeah, yeah, off his site. It was like you know, I was like gonna just buy his album and I was like, where where's the best place to buy his album? And they're like, you buy this bandana with a gorilla on it and you get you get the album too. I was like, fuck man, let me get that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to do that. And, and so the two guys who are like the uh modern Afropop giants. We got great albums from both of them. Yeah. Twice as tall, made in Lagos. Fantastic. Those guys yeah. delivered in every way imaginable and rep them, you know, rep them and, mm -hmm. and, and do it the best you can. Um, yeah. There's nothing else going on in the world. So we can, we, can <laughs> <laughs> um, we recommendation corner. I, I, I might do two. I might do two this time. Go ahead. Um, Go crazy. You're, the first one's going to be something that, that you're – it's Bootsy Collins' Power of the One. Mm, okay. Bootsy Collins has a new album. Wow. Everybody's on it. And the way I was using it, right, because it's long. It's got a lot of songs on it. And it's Bootsy, right? So whenever I got overwhelmed with fucking Chris Rock or, uh, you know, Ariana, was it? There's a great, there's a comedian on Twitter who said, "I like listening to Ariana Grande's music, even though I don't empathize with anything that it's about, because it's just about being short, <laughs> sexy, and rich." <laughs> So there is some of that. Like, if you're not Ariana Grande, you might have trouble empathizing with this stuff sometimes um, or be, putting yourself in her shoes. So when I was tapped out and I needed a break on that, I would pick any song from Power of the One, just randomly, put mm -hmm. it on, and it was like kitchen dancing. Fucking <laughs> unbelievable. The guests are unbelievable on that shit. Brantford Marcellus and Bootsy Collins. Why not? Wow. You know, uh, everybody's on that bitch. Snoop, like just everybody. Uh, power of the one, man. He's, he's a hell of a player. Uh, and so his shit sounds great. Um, so that's that. Yeah, he's a very smart dude. The other one, obviously, and like, I've had to keep myself away from this album because it's so fucking good. Like okay. I unleashed myself onto it later on in the week because I'm writing the review. Midnight Suns by Zilla Raka and Chong Wizard. Mm. And when I put it, put the review up, I'll let you know. But my review will explain why this is 
one of the most important uh, rap albums from a production perspective. In in underground rap, this is this is incredibly inventive. Two incredibly inventive albums the same week, just from a production standpoint, that were like wow, uh, Midnight Suns and Small Bills don't play it straight, which was elusive and the lasso. Those albums were bonkers, and so there's been a lot to take in. It's a good problem to have. Good problem to have. Good times. Hey, Daryl Morey, trade everybody. <laughs>